Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We have made it to Friday. It's Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. And of course on your Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort. It is the home of entertainment, like Jeff Foxworthy, Sawyer Brandbound, Fluffy, all coming up. Tickets are available online at PearlRiverResort.com for those shows and more. That's PearlRiverResort.com. Love to hear from you on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give us a, uh, uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, C Spire, give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Boys, happy Friday. What's up? Have yet to see another coach get fired for uh, alleged gambling against their own team. So today is not as intense as yesterday. Not as intense. We don't need as intense a show on a Friday, right? We want to ah. ease into the weekend. It's a, uh, it's a big day in the Cross household. Um, baby girl's 13 years old today. I officially have a teenager. She's been a little under the weather. It has oh. had we have we have had to alter the birthday plans just a bit because she has not been feeling her absolute best, but she's toughing through it, feeling better, getting a little bit better. Happy to celebrate with Ava Montgomery today, thirteen years old. Which uh, you know what I started to say it makes me feel older. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just you know, it's just part of life, right? Just another day, but a special day for her. And I don't feel any older. It's no picnic. I'll go ahead and tell you. Well, I, I kind of feel like we've started our teenage years already. Hey, Dad, if I'm being completely honest, e- even though we are now you. officially a teenager, it feels like the teenage years uh, kind of began with uh, with this seventh grade school year. So that's okay. It's uh, It's been all good. We're doing our best. We're going to keep on loving on her and hope she's going to keep on loving on us, and we're going to get through it together. Is that is that the best way to go there, Papa, who, who has, has uh, done the teenager thing what already? What else can you do? Mm-hmm. What else can you do? Borky, this is the old man in me saying it to you. Don't blink because it gets here fast. 
I know James is nowhere close to being a teenager, but man, it happens in a hurry. But you you get some cool, cool minutes along the way. He will be in 10 years, and that sounds like a long time until it's not. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't a long time. Jacob, happy birthday to your son, who is celebrating his eighth birthday today. Very good. Mm. Very good. Uh, Dan in Birmingham on the C Spire text line sending us a picture of Alabama's interim head coach. It's a picture of Pete Rose. Hmm. Hmm. Some of the jokes write themselves. How about there? those? How about those boys though taking it to Vanderbilt last night? Ooh. I know we're sports talk Mississippi, them, and we should be talking about. But you know, there were a very small percentage of people that after the team got their first series win in conference plays, the calendar turned April to go to five and fifteen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, five. Borky. Is the calendar turned to May? As counter to made, yeah. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, to go to five and sixteen, we're doing the "Don't let the Rebs get hot" thing again. And uh, anyway, aside from that, last night is not a surprising result whatsoever from Ole Miss. Kemp Alderman, Kemp Alderman's becoming Mike Trout. Kemp Alderman's doing things that, except for the fact that he does have a ring. He does have a ring, and Trout does not. Just this year. This year in isolation, Kemp Alderman is Mike Trout. He is doing things at the plate that very few people can do. Like his exit velocities and home run distances, you don't see that in college baseball very often. He's unbelievable, and then the team loses. Uh, So, not surprising result there. Alabama, those kids playing the way they did last night in the midst of their coach getting fired and all of the questions is impressive. It's really impressive. And I, and I feel good for them. Yeah, I was happy for them last night. In a, it, I mean, earlier in the day, they got the news that their head coach had been fired. Or the day before. No, it was earlier in the day. It was yesterday the where the announcement yeah. came on. As they begin a series yeah. with the top five team in the country that had the best conference record in the league, in Vanderbilt. And they went out and just beat Vandy to death last night at Sewell Thomas Stadium in Tuscaloosa. 11-2. to Had a grand slam. Had another monster home run late in the ball game. I, we'll talk more about it than we've got time to do right here. I actually disagree with you, but I shouldn't. Like, like the basis of my disagreement with you shouldn't be there. Because I've watched the entire season. But you said you shouldn't have been surprised by the result last night. But I was surprised by the result last night because Ole Miss played really, really good baseball for five and a half innings last night. They led 9-2. to two. They were hitting home runs. They were getting on base. Xavier Rivas pitched really well, gave them a chance. They scored five runs in the fourth inning. Missouri answered with a two-run home run. Made it 5-2, to two, and you're like, eh, we'll see. And then Ole Miss added two more, and they're up 7-2. to two. And then they added two more after that. So three straight innings in the middle of the game with crooked numbers on the board, and Rivas is pitching really well. And I'm honestly thinking at that point, Borky, all right, you're up seven runs against a bad Missouri team I think Mike Bianco is going to have a decision to make over these final three innings. And the decision is, do you try to hold Jack Doherty and not bring him in to shut it down? 
Are there some guys that you can throw that maybe you wouldn't normally throw in this situation and you're willing to give up a few runs and maybe the score is not as lopsided as it looked like it was going to be, but you still got to win and you've still got all your bullets to fire for the rest of the weekend? That was not a great line of thinking that I had in that point because Ole Miss went to the bullpen and they started out with Riley Maddox and he worked no percentage of an inning. And he gave up three hits and a walk, and all four of those guys that reached base scored. And then Mason Nichols goes an inning in two-thirds. He had five strikeouts, but he gave up a run. And then Jack Doherty gives up a two-run home run, and Missouri scores nine unanswered, including six runs in the bottom of the sixth inning and a run in the seventh and two in the eighth, and they win it 11-9, to nine, and they don't even have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. And, and so after it all happened, I thought, wow, that was the season in a nutshell. That was Ole Miss's season in a nutshell. A night where they swing it well, and they get good starting pitching, and the bullpen lets them down. Another night, it's been good starting pitching, good out of the bullpen, but the offense lets them down. On a different night, it could be good out of the bullpen, good offense, but the starting pitching allowed them to be in a hole early. And, and the, it was, and the it aforementioned was an Kemp Alderman uh, raised his average to 374 and has 19 home runs. He goes two for four with two runs scored, drives in two, has two hits in the game. Jacob Gonzalez goes two for five with a solo home run. His batting average has dropped a whole whopping eight points since conference play began. He was hitting 382 before the Vanderbilt game, and now he's at 374. Jacob Gonzalez has made four errors at shortstop this year, and two of them are complete BS. I thought it was two terrible scoring decisions in the game against LSU, first game against LSU. They gave him two errors in that game, and neither of them should have been called errors. He's made two legitimate errors the entire season. Calvin Harris has a hit and scores three runs and walked twice. Will Furness gets a hit, scores a run. John Kramer gets a hit and scores a run. T.J. McCants has a three-run home run. You had two offers in the lineup. Ethan Leger, who's been red hot, goes 0 for 5. And Peyton Chatagnier goes 0 for 4 in the 9-hole. But none of that mattered because the bullpen absolutely fell apart. And you lose a game that you led by seven in the sixth inning to a team that, like you, had five wins in conference play. In front of 275 people, give or take. What did they even announce it as? 1309 is what they... Yeah, no shot. That was the box score attendance, 1,309. There were 800 people at the game. Yeah. Maybe. Wind was blowing out, too. Ooh, gushing. But still. I mean, you know. But it's gushing for both teams. Right. But uh, the ball that Alderman hit, it doesn't matter if the wind was blowing out or not. I I am just blown away at the, the season he's having. I don't know why I'm so impressed by it. I think it's. In part because there's there's such little that has gone right for that team. When you see something that is going right, it magnifies it a little bit more. But it's just special. 
You don't get Kemp Alderman very often on your team. The power hitting, the strikeout numbers, I mean, I bet his spray chart is fascinating. With It's all over. Yeah. Ceasefire text line open to you. We'll be right back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Good to be with you this afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. Just getting started. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Thanks for joining us. Mississippi State will begin a three-game series tonight with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mississippi State kind of in the same situation that, that Ole Miss and Missouri were going in to last night. Slightly different in that they are currently in the SEC tournament, but a daunting final nine games of league play, and they're going to have to win some games to, uh, to, to secure a spot in the SEC tournament. And, hey, Dad, that, that starts tonight with a really good Arkansas team that's currently second place in the West. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for those wins uh, after at this point in the season. I, you know, Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M. I, I feel like it's going to be a very, very, very difficult climb for Mississippi State to stay in that spot where they are right now, the 12th spot, to get this to be able to go over to a uh, to Hoover. You know, I, I I said earlier this week, I said earlier this month that I think the winner of the the Ole Miss Missouri series will get in, and the loser of that series and Mississippi State will be out. And I'm still going to hold to that uh, at at this point. You know, State with two TBDs in the starting rotation this weekend. I expect that to be Gartman and Sinjay, but the only one we know for sure is tonight with Cade Smith. Same with Arkansas, though. Uh, they have uh, Hagen Smith going tonight, and then their TBD Saturday Sunday. Why do you think Mississippi State's to be determined for the second and third starters? I don't know, you know. Maybe part of that is is you know the the, the transition they're going through with, with the pitching staff and with with Scott Fox all out, and they just want to be sure about some things. You know, Gartman was good last week. I thought, you know, he he had the lead when he left. He was struggling a little bit at the end there, but he, he got through. I think four innings pretty well. Sinjay was bad from the start. He had four walks in the first inning and gave up two three run home runs. Um, so maybe they maybe maybe they want to tweak things a little bit at this point. I, I don't know the answer to that, but it, it is. I mean, that, that's that's the sign of a team that's that's just not very good. That three weeks left in the in the season, and you still don't have just a starting rotation that's set and and ready to go. And it's not because injuries are throwing it off. As it stands right now, Vanderbilt leads the SEC East at sixteen and six. Now, they've obviously played one more game in South Carolina, who trails them by two games in the win column. Remember, South Carolina is going to have an odd number of games played because their game with LSU earlier this year was that game three of that series was uh, was messed up because of weather. So you got South Carolina at 14 and six, Vandy losing last night to Alabama. And you got Florida at 14 and seven. Kentucky and Tennessee are both at 11 and 10, Georgia 8 and 13, Missouri 6 and 16. 
Western Division, LSU leading the West at 15-5, and five, and they've won, what, six straight league games? Then you got Arkansas at 14-7. and seven. Alabama, with their win last night, moved to 10-12. and 12. Auburn is 9-12. and 12. Texas A&M is 9-12. and 12. So going into this eighth weekend of league play, you had three teams in the West that started out with a 9-12 and 12 record. Alabama got a win. Then you got Mississippi State at 6-15 and 15 and Ole Miss in 5-17. and 17. If the SEC tournament started today, which clearly it does not, Missouri and Ole Miss would be out. It's coming up quick, though. But that's based on winning percentage only, right? I mean, Missouri's just a day ahead of Mississippi State starting the series. Right. The opportunity... I don't know what the number is going to be. Is it, is it going to take 10 wins to guarantee yourself a spot in the tournament? I think, I mean, with, with the way these bottom three teams are, I mean, nine might do it. If they could win a game in each of the next series, then that might be enough. But 10 would probably, you'd, be, you'd feel pretty confident, which is just sick to say, but yeah. <sighs> Just can't just can't think about what we're talking about here. It's it's yeah. quite depressing. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, so we got a message a second ago that said, "I'm just now finding out that Ole Miss lost. I stopped watching at nine to two. Good teams find a way to win, and bad teams find a way to lose. I suppose." I'm so envious of that right there. I really am. I need to put my phone down. That's what I've learned in life. Although it's also part of my job to watch those games to completion, but still, sure. I would yeah. like to to have to wait until I turn on the Dan Patrick show tomorrow to find out what happened at the end of the Lakers game. Like I, I would love that to be something that I was able to do. Got to put the phone away. I'm envious of that. Yeah. Um. Somebody said, or the same person said, I wonder what D1's win probability tracker was reading when the Revs were up nine to two. Probably pretty high. He got a seven-run lead in the sixth inning. I would imagine that's pretty high at that point. What, high 80s, low 90s? Something like that. I don't know. Mike in Oxford is in Columbia. He's listening this afternoon. Thanks, Mike. Always good to hear from you. He said there were about 800 at the game last night, and at least 100 of them were Ole Miss fans. You could hear them. Ole Miss did some good things. You could hear the Ole Miss fans. Um... Is it time for the declaration? Is is it done, or, or or do we still have to to wait a couple more weeks to see them sneak into Say Hoover it. before? Say it. I'm scarred. I got so yeah, much crap yeah, last you year. You had no problem saying it about basketball in January. Say it now in May about Cause, baseball. Because basketball, it's didn't, over. In the year prior, the basketball team didn't go on a run, and win the national championship. It was easier to say, "Hey, this roster it. stinks." Yeah, it's done. It is finished. Yeah, I mean, it's over. They, now, I, okay, it's not. It's not technically over. If they win the next two games, it's not over. But they got to do that. Well, here's the thing, though. Eight and one was the bare minimum, and they can't go eight and one anymore. Well, that's true. Oh, well, when you say over, are you talking about for Hoover or for I, a regional? I don't care about Hoover. Go, I'm talking they about they the eight regional. and one. They can win the la- the final eight games. Well. It, Uh, so I guess they they can they, they can could. go they can go eight no, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're gonna sweep Man, that Alabama gone, team that yeah. beat up on Vanderbilt last night, and they're gonna sweep Auburn too. I'll be honest, and and I told you a second ago, it was it was fool's gold, and and where my mind went with kind of the way that game was going last night, I thought, huh, okay, so they're gonna swing it, they're gonna get good starting pitching. And, and, and by the way, the injury thing raised its ugly head again last night. Because you know how that game plays out. So Anthony Calarco did not play. Will Furness got the start at first base, and Kramer was the DH. Calarco's got an oblique injury. He's not on the dress list this weekend. We found out last night that Mitch Morell is not pitching this weekend. He is not on the dress list. But if the game, as that thing's going along last night... Mitch Morrell has been the most reliable pitcher out of the bullpen this year for Ole Miss. They don't hand it off to Riley Maddox right there. Or maybe they do, but after Riley Maddox, you're going to Mitch Morrell to put out the fire and try to extend things to Jack Doherty at the end, and you probably win the ball game based on the way Mitch Morrell has pitched this season. But with Mitch Morrell not available, you go to Riley Maddox, who made his, what, was it second or third appearance of the season last night? who's coming back from Tommy John surgery. And he didn't get an out. He faced four batters, and all of them reached base. With, what, three hits and, and a walk. And one of them was a double, and one of them was a single, and I can't remember. Maybe one of them was a home run. He got hit hard. But this team is, I mean, in terms of available players, they're just, there aren't a bunch right now. There aren't many options out of the bullpen. There are times this season where you would have handed it off to Braden Jones where you put Riley Maddox in the ball game, but in Braden Jones' last outing, he was no bueno. And so it's like, man, did he hit the freshman wall? What do you do here? Well, Maddox is fresh. He looked okay the first time you saw him. Let's try and get through this inning, Give up three, get three outs. I mean, even if you give up a run or two, it's okay. I mean, you're just trying to get the final two outs of that inning after Rivas kind of ran out of gas and pitched really, really well for five and a third. So you had no Calarco, you had no Mitch Morrell. There were two other players that were not available last night. Who were the other two? I don't remember. But, I, I mean, you said a second ago they could win their last eight games. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could. Technically, the results have not been determined yet. But, but, but you also get to a point I could go on a date with Margot Robbie tonight. I mean, it could happen. It seems like it'd be bad for your marriage. Buddy, I got a date with Margot Robbie. I'll worry about that. I'll worry about smoothing that, that road afterwards. Everybody's got a hall pass, don't they? I mean... People talk about hall passes, but those really exist. Really? If you're listening, Margo, let's find out. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We're back after this. Take the friggin' wax out of your ears. Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome again. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Coming up in our next segment, Michael Borky is going to take the lead on this. There is a uh, there is an event tomorrow in Starkville. Tomorrow is, is Derby Day, right? Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. And, and you know about the Kentucky Derby. Churchill Downs, Louisville, Kentucky, 200,000 people. Maybe not quite that many, but a bunch, 150,000, whatever the number is. Down the stretch they come, the pomp, the circumstance, the hats, all of the stuff. But now you know about the Starkville Derby. Michael Borky going to tell you all about the Starkville Derby Coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jay Powell will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. He'll start things off in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Mississippi State baseball with him. We'll also check in with Hunter Dawkins from the Gazebo Gazette at the end of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Saints and some uh, off-season stuff. Kind of get the timeline for when mini camps are beginning and uh, all that relates to that. So that's all coming up. And what else is it today? What is it? What day of the week is it? It's Friday, right? It's Friday. That it means later today we will have a Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk. So all of that is coming up this afternoon. And, of course, the college football fix. The Auburn Tigers got a quarterback in the transfer portal. Finally. They got one. Good for you. They got one. Yeah. Nothing like getting a Big Ten quarterback from an average football team to come in and be your guy, or at least to compete for the job. An average quarterback from an average Big Ten team. Hey. Shoot your shot, man. But you know what's going to happen, and and Haydad replied, and he's exactly right. People are going to overinflate this edition so hard. Well, now Hughes got his quarterback. Here Auburn comes, and it's like, well, he turns it over a little too much. He's okay throwing the football, but not exactly somebody that you would describe as athletic. Not really. It doesn't really produce in the run game at all. Couldn't shake it in the Big Ten. And you're telling me that this perfect fit is going to make Auburn competitive with the West in year one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure it is. Yeah. Just like Graham Mertz is going to be the heir apparent to Anthony Richardson at Florida. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Billy Napier's still in the portal looking for quarterbacks. So Hey, was there an NBA game last night? Yeah. Who, who played no, two, last night? Weren't there? I think no. It looks like there was. Six. Who played last night? Only only three teams played last night. Well, one team forgot. There were two games last night. There was only one game last night. Oh, Each well, of the last two nights, we've only had one game. Well, only one team showed up last night. I thought uh, Sixers yeah. Celtics was last night. No, that was Wednesday night. Game two. Yep. Okay. Celt- Celtics won by about fifty. And then uh, the Warriors won by significant margin last night as well. Yeah, Lakers outplayed him in the first quarter, outplayed him in the fourth quarter, and if it had been a two-quarter wow. game, it would have been a great night for the Los Angeles Lakers. They'd be up 2-0 in the series. Problem is they played the second quarter in the third quarter, 
And the Warriors outscored the Lake Show 41 to 23 in the second quarter and 43 to 24 coming out of the locker room. All that adds up to a 27 point win for Steph and the Warriors. I didn't see a second of it. So. Really? What? Yeah. I was out of play. You're the fakest Laker fans ever. I'm sorry that I went to my daughter's high school play. I'm so well, sorry that I did that. This game tipped off God, late. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock is when it ended. It started at okay. 7.30, two and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. Worth what was of the Matilda. play? Oh, Matilda. Matilda. Yeah. How did it go? It was fine. The play, not the game, the play. That. If, if I'm talking about the game, would I have said it was fine? Lakers lost by 26. That's not fine. Your daughter was in the a play. play. Give me better than it was fine. Tell me she was spectacular. Well, she's in the, the backstage crew. She didn't have a, a part. Well, she did her work. She did her job, yeah. She, she was contributed. Great. Best, chair mo- best chair mover you ever saw. Contributed to the excellence of Matilda in Starkville, Mississippi last night. I thought you were going to tell me, man, that thing ought to be on Broadway. Not Starkville High. Kids did good. They, they, they was a good performance. They, 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 they all put their, their heart and soul into it. I mean, did you even tell her good job when she got home? Or were you like, huh, it was fine. Hey, Dad, what'd you think? I mean, when it was she, fine. when she got home, I was there when she got off the stage. Yeah. I was standing right there. Yes. I said, yes, great job. I'm very proud of you. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. Well, Come on, well, Dad. There's a difference between I'm going to tell my kid and what I'm going to tell you. I mean, what do you want me to say? I, I didn't know. I, 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 not... She just heard you. I, like, I just asked you, how was Matilda last night? She was like, I mean, it's fine. Wait, wait, she's heartbroken she's right listening? now. She, You think she's listening? She's still in school right this second. Mm, Okay. Ish. What if her class is listening? I'm not worried about it. I'm just not. Call call me crazy. You know who didn't show up last night? Hmm. Anthony Davis. Mm. Anthony Davis didn't show up, yes. Almost like we said that was going to be important for the uh, Lakers to have him show up every game in the series if they were going to win the series. Well, if he shows up every other game, they'll win it in seven. So that's that's all I care about. It is so remarkable, though. I mean, if he just... And I don't know what it is, right? Like, I, I can't explain it. There's nothing, like, super apparent that tells you why he's like this. But he is so off and on. And when he's on, he's one of the best players on the planet. Like, when Anthony Davis is is locked in and on, he's a top-five player in the league. And, and that might even be underselling it. He's got... He can shoot from the outside. He's got ball skills. He's got post moves. He can defend. But then he just disappears. Like, wh- wh- what happened from Game 1 to Game 2 to where you just disappear? It's bizarre. Like, he, he has the potential and, to be an all-time great, and yet he's yeah. not consistent. Give the Warriors credit. They changed up what they were doing defensively, and it affected the Lakers. And now the Lakers are going to have to make an adjustment and and go from there. So, I mean, this is yeah. It's not like the Lakers are out here playing some scrubs, right? This is the Warriors. They're the defending champions. They are the team of the decade. They have maybe the best shoot, probably the best shooter of all time, playing for them, and a lot of other great Hall of Fame players on that team. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a good series. And then when you we'll double see how him, it finishes out. Clay Thompson makes eight. 
Thompson. Exactly. Exactly. You know what just dawned on I me? I love Clay Thompson. Boston and Philly are one one. They play tonight in Philly. Do you remember way back during football season when I had a couple of games that were at Temple? Yeah. And so so it's in Philadelphia. And Taylor McCark, who's a former quarterback at Rice, was my my partner on those games. And he texted me for one. I think it might have been like the weekend of my birthday. And he was like, "Hey, I got tickets for the the Sixers game tonight. You want to go?" I was like. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna grab something to eat. You know, get in. Uh, Is he the MVP? Well, yeah, sure. And I think he ended up leaving in the third quarter, and my flight got delayed, or maybe I did the show on the radio with you guys. I, I don't know. Whatever. What for? Whatever reason, I was like, Nah, I'm good. What just dawned on me was that was this season. <laughs> that was back mm-hmm. in November. That was this basketball season. The NBA lasts forever. Yeah. I mean, they start in October and they don't crown a champion until June. It's that is a crazy long season. Then they turn around and like three weeks later they're doing the summer league stuff in Vegas, and then all of a sudden you snap your fingers and they're playing again. But never that. I just kind of a observation that like just dawned on me there as we were talking about. Like, yeah, Philly, they're still playing. Well, that was a long time ago when they were playing basketball this year. But, uh, the season is too is... long. They, they need to cut it. They won't, but they need to. They need to cut it down. 82 yeah. games is too... It's just too many. Yeah. And you got the NHL playoffs that are going on as well. And hockey is... Apparently they've been really good. Oh, man. Hockey's so much fun. Hey, give me the cliche. Yeah. Playoff you know hockey's cli- the best. Playoff hockey's the best! I don't watch hockey all year, but playoff hockey, hockey is awesome. I'm glad I'm not a fan, though. Because I could not imagine the mental anguish of a playoff hockey game. I I, I couldn't. It, the, 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 the puck is always on goal. Always. For three hours, at any second, a puck could go in either for or against you. It's, it's crazy how intense every single shot is. Because of deflections and all that, it, 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 the scoring happens so fast. It's not like there's this big, dramatic setup to a goal or a long touchdown drive. It's oh, your defender makes a mistake, pucks in the goal. It's like it happens that quickly. So stressful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, those atmospheres look great. They they certainly look like cool events to be at in person. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll talk about the Starkville Derby coming up next on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. With you, we turn the page quickly to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Alden Thornhill joins us. And we'll start with this, Alden, because I needed one of these myself. An elevator pitch, if you will. The Starkville Derby this weekend, obviously in Starkville. What is it? Yeah, so you don't have to go to Churchill Downs this weekend to see Gray Racing. You just come over to Cotton District. We got the nation's largest wiener dog race, 150 racing down University Drive. Uh, got all the pageantry, the patio, 
uh, patios, balconies are going to be filled with everybody. Miss Mississippi singing the national anthem with a violinist. Uh, Chris Jans, the whole nine, it's going to be big time. Uh, and we've got a French horn player from the band. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be absolutely rocking, uh, on University Drive Saturday. It's all for the Humane Society, Ottawa County Humane. So great cause, great time. Come on out. So uh, a wiener dog race. Uh, the the headlines say the world's largest. Are, is that like are, is that confirmed? The, there is no wiener dog race larger than this one in the United States of America. We well, I'll tell you, we can't find one even in the world. I actually saw a hey. clip the other day from the largest one in Germany. It had fifty. We beat them. You know, we beat we, we even beat the Germans again. So you know, uh, you know, it's going to be. Uh, I've looked. I've looked far and wide. I try to sniff it out. Could not figure it out. It looks like we're the largest. I'm going to run with that claim, honestly. Do it. So, definitely the largest. And, uh, and yeah, they're not all running at once, so I have to, I have to go ahead and say that. Everybody's been like, are you letting all these dogs run loose? No. We're doing heats, uh, adult, senior puppy. Uh, we actually have a 17-year-old racer. And uh, if you can imagine 17 in dog years, that's a, a hundred and. 49? No, 119. 119 in dog years. So imagine a 119-year-old person trying to run a race, and that's what you're going to see Saturday. All right, so you said it benefits the Humane Society. So where did this Where did this idea come from? Not only the race itself, but why to raise money for the Humane Society there in Octobahaw County? Yeah, I was just sitting at Two Brothers one night uh, eating dinner, and I looked down the street. And I said, it would be really funny if we shut down the street and had a big wiener dog race. Uh, that's really the short and long of it. You, like you just racer. randomly were like, let's race wiener dogs. Do you have one? Or was it just, oh, it yes. would be funny? Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. I have King Memphis, king of the race. He uh, he, he is ready to go, too. And, um, for, go ahead. Yeah, so the reason we chose the uh, Humane Society, great mission, all volunteer-based. They're helping out all these animals. You don't have to be a dog lover to love the Humane Society or a cat lover. They get them all. They even they're even getting like a pot belly pig this week uh, that, uh, that 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 someone uh, surrendered. So, you know, they get all kind of animals, and I, I love to help them out. I have a shelter dog myself, my sweet Lucy. Uh, she's nine, and uh, you know, I want to I want to get back to the shelter as much as I can. And what better way than to have a great time doing it? Okay, so all the pomp and circumstance of a horse race, but uh, smaller in scale because the animals are smaller in scale, but. If somebody listening wanted to go and and participate, how would they do that? Yeah, so we have closed uh, registration. Uh, we hit 150. My wife said that's probably enough for the first year. We honestly could have hit over 500 with the amount of uh, people reaching out to us. We have racers coming from as far as Denver, Colorado, uh, Nashville, Knoxville, North Carolina, Florida, New Orleans. They are. I mean, I can hear the barking right now, y'all. I, 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 I know they're coming. I, I can hear them barking, uh, and and they're coming from all over. Uh, so we just, you know, even if you don't want to, even though, even if you're not signed up to race, come on out, and have a good time. We're gonna have vendors, food trucks. Two brothers is having a band, uh, and you know, I mean, how many times are you gonna get to sit in the middle of a college town and you know witness a uh, a, a bunch of weenie dogs run on a high quality turf track provided by our friends at Buff City Turf Co. at the Shouts Colt. So uh, you mentioned your wife. Is she going to have like a, a gigantic hat? Like, is that the attire? If you're going to show <laughs> yeah. up, do you got to show up? Yeah, you don't. You don't have to wear the hats, but we are. You know, we are encouraging it. We love it. I've had a bunch of people reach out. My mother-in-law has one, and it's got a bunch of Winnie dogs uh, 
circling the top of it. So, oh my God. You know, if you want to wear your dirt, your, your derby attire, please do. If you don't, just you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn you away. It's, and it's a free event. That's what I want everybody to know. I've had people saying, "Do you have to buy tickets? You know, do you do this?" No, it's a free event, but we're gonna have QR codes everywhere where you can de- uh, donate uh, to Ottawa County Humane Society. So you know, if you want to donate, you can. Uh, you know, we'd love you. Love you do it, but yeah, nothing's no no payments required. Just a smile and a love for dogs. Come on out. We got about a minute left here. So when does uh, when does everything start? If you're if you're going, when do you need to go? Yeah, so uh, we're gonna open up everything at ten. Our vendors and uh, our art vendors and pet vendors at ten, and then we're going to uh, have the uh, have the national anthem and then the call to stage at ten fifty five. And then we are going to race our seniors. Uh, we'll get them going first. You know, want to have them uh, have them uh, racing first and getting getting everything over with. And then we'll uh, move on to pretenders, which are non-weenie dogs wearing hot dog outfits. They get to race each other. And then uh, adults and everything. But, yeah, we have a four-camera setup provided by my friend Bart Hike. It's going to be streamed online, streamed on our Facebook, streamed on Hike Hoops. Uh, you know, tune in. If you're not there, you'll see an ESPN quality broadcast. It's going to be absolutely electric. And uh, a, t- a truly a tail wagon good time and a gappy day for all. Alden Thornhill of the Starkville Derby tomorrow kicking off at 10 o'clock right there in the district in Starkville. Alden, thank you so much for your time, man, and uh, good guys. luck tomorrow. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you again. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And Super Talk TV, thanks for being with us this afternoon as we roll into the 4 o'clock hour in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, that are waiting for you. You can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com and learn more about the whole operation at pearlriverresort.com. Love to hear from you. On the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business online. You can find them at ceasefire.com slash business. Let's stick with the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jay Powell joins us right now to talk some Mississippi State baseball as uh, the Bulldogs get set to begin a three-game series with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Jay, before we jump in and we talk about Mississippi State and Arkansas, I'm curious your reaction to the story yesterday surrounding Alabama baseball and the uh, the termination of Brad Bohannon as their head coach because of the um, the, the sports betting scandal, I guess is what we're calling it at this point. Man, I was shocked, to be honest with you. I mean, you just – I mean, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of, of him, just to be honest, um, but – that's, I mean, that was shocking to see that anything like that would, would possibly be going on. Um, but, I mean, that, that blew me away. I mean, you just don't think about it, especially in college sports and college baseball. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to bet on the line in baseball. It's so confusing. But, uh, 
it, that blew me away. I mean, there's, that's obviously something that's obviously pretty serious, and uh, they've got their hand, they got their hands full over there trying to dig through that mess. When you were playing, whether it was in your time at Mississippi State or once you got to the big leagues, was it made pretty abundantly clear that sports betting was completely off limits while you were playing? Absolutely, it was. There's a, there's a sign in every major league clubhouse that that outlines how you know about gambling and illegal gambling and contact and um i mean it's it's pretty pretty well known that is a big time no no um and i just i mean like i said it's just well I, I, you don't know exactly what went down but to me it's just mind numbing that a guy would even go down the road to bet on his team or however whatever happened. I mean that's just crazy to me. But yeah, it was it was very well known that that was something that just would not be tolerated. So Jay, when we look at the series this weekend, Mississippi State and Alabama, we know that the Bulldogs have reached the point where there is basically no margin for error. We also know that the uh, the final 3 weeks of the regular season in terms of opponents is pretty daunting. What's Mississippi State got to do to to win enough games over the next three weeks to get, guarantee themselves a spot in Hoover? And and I mean, I, I guess there's still an outside shot at possibly playing themselves into a regional, but they'd have to play really, really well. I mean, if if they win, if they go in and win six out of the next nine games, that gets them to what eleven wins on the season, maybe twelve. Um, then they win two games in Hoover, they can get in. I mean, they, you know, they end up with 13, you know, 12, 13 wins in the conference, and then you end up with, you know, a couple wins in the, the, the tourney. They can get them in. Now, how realistic is that is the question. I mean, because they're facing, obviously, a good Arkansas team, um, a good A&M team, and an LSU team is the best team in the country. So they've got the work cut out for them. But I think at this point, honestly, I think the only way they make it past Hoover is they have to win every series, and that's three really good opponents they have to beat. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, Jay, so – you know, in talking about Ole Miss over the last couple of weeks, and talking about Mississippi State over the last couple of weeks, we, we've we've kind of continued to say, I mean, well, I mean, there's a path. You got to do this, and you got to do this. But at some point, you look like the sample size is big enough that you're like, why are we talking about this? What what has this team? Right. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Ole Miss or Mississippi State. What have they done this year to make you think what we're talking about is possible? Right. I mean, you're exactly right. And, I mean, so it's – and, you know, honestly, I think I said it on, on, on another show. I said, you know, it's just – it's crazy that we're sitting here and this – with three weeks left of the season and you've got the two defending national champions from the state of Mississippi. And instead of talking about, well, you know, they're the fifth-ranked team or the tenth-ranked, whatever, in the country, you're wondering if they're even going to make it to Hoover. Um, that's That's crazy. But the path is so thin, but I, I think you're right. I mean, for us to be having this conversation about State and Ole Miss is crazy when you look at where both programs were just two years ago and, and where Ole Miss was last year. So, Jay, the, the news out of Starkville this week was kind of overshadowed yesterday because of what happened at Alabama. But if we rewind to earlier in the week, we get the news that, that Scott Foxhall has been let go um, unless – They've got a surprise that nobody, none of us know about. Uh, they have not brought in an interim pitching coach. So from your perspective, 
What's that going to look like uh, over the course of this weekend and these final three weeks without somebody who's been calling pitches throughout the course of the season? How, how's that going to work mechanically? Well, I, I, I'm assuming uh, you know Liam or, or, will probably take over more of a pitching role um, as just far as a uh, managing the, the bullpen, managing the pitchers. Um, I would imagine more the the pitch calling probably now is going to follow the catchers. Uh, and with Ross, you got a high field, you got a real young catcher. Um, but I imagine more of that. They're going to just probably try to go over and say, "Hey, this is the way we want to attack this guy. This is the way we want to do this." Um, and let's let's roll with it and see what happens. And I mean, it, I mean, you don't want to say it can't be any worse, but you know, it's just they're. they're Something's got to change, so to speak. So I think they're just looking at it in the sense of let's let's go this route for the last three weeks um, and just see what happens. Um, it it really it, it did surprise me a little bit that you know if this had happened three weeks ago, I don't think I'd have been as surprised with the move. But it being with just three weeks left in the season, um, you know, it, it's a little surprising. But you know, I, I think it got to a point where there was just probably no pathway forward. And and that's probably what ended up happening. Yeah, Jay. The the thing is, when you look at this Mississippi State pitching staff, and, and you, I mean, look, you got a far better grasp on this than I do. But I don't think this is a staff that is without talent, right? I mean, I, I think you've got some guys that right. have got some talent there. Why has it gone so poorly? I mean, for the year, factoring in all the the, the non conference games, a six point six two staff ERA. And in SEC games, it's it's just shy of ten, and that's earned runs. That's not right. total runs. That's earned runs. That's right. How does that happen? Yeah. Well, it's you know it's it's a couple of different things. Um, you know, injuries have hurt a little bit, but it's like I said, the other, everybody deals with it in this conference. Everybody's going to deal with injuries. It may be number one, it may be number three, it may be your closer. Everybody's going to have injuries. It's just the nature of baseball today. Uh, that's one of it. I think the, I think the overall problem though has been the inability to throw strikes, and not only the walks one was really bad, but the consistent trying to kind of be really fine early in the count, and next thing you know it's one zero, it's two zero, it's two one, and you get popped. Um, that over the last two years has been just. I mean, it, it has been predominant with every guy they've run out there. Um, and some, like you said, I mean, some of these guys have really, really good stuff. So I, I think for whatever reason, that mentality of being the kind of the non-aggressor as a pitcher has just totally just overtaken that pitching style. And everybody now has had trouble with it. It's not just one guy. I mean, that's what's crazy. I mean, all these guys who have a track record of being strike throwers now all of a sudden are behind in the count. They're not able to throw strikes or walking guys. So, I mean, I think, I think the whole kind of mentality of that staff has changed over the last two years. And they've just fallen in the funk of, not challenging hitters, not pitching to contact, and when that happens, it just falls apart. And I think that that's pretty much what has happened to them. Is that mechanical or mental? No, it's mental. It's approach. Um, look, once you get into college baseball, it's almost getting to like pro ball now. You know, with Major League Baseball, very, very, very few times 
is there ever a mechanical issue with the pitcher? Most of the time, it's between his ears. And that's what I, I guess you really got to kind of monitor as a pitching coach and as a, as, a, as a staff and that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of it is, no, it, it's not mechanical with these guys. It's 100% mental. It's 100% just the way they're approaching pitching in general, and that's what's got them. Um, and, and honestly, and, and I, I think, and I love Fox is one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet in your life, but mm-hmm. I think he kind of fell in that rut too. And sometimes, you know, as coaches, you just can't get out of it. You don't know what to do to fix it. And I think that's what kind of unraveled and fell apart on it. Jay, always appreciate your insight. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon. We'll be watching, we'll be listening this weekend, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's Jay Powell joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, former star at Mississippi State, big league pitcher, World Series champion. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Always good to catch up with Jay Powell. And that's got to shoot you straight, right? There, there is, there's no ambiguity with Jay. You, you know where you stand. He doesn't mind telling you where he stands. Interesting thought on Brad Bohannon. He was surprised. I don't care much for that guy anyway. <laughs> I okay. love that. Well, I would have loved never... it if he had elaborated on that, but you know, I wasn't going to paint him into a corner. He said what he said. Um, Sounds like a, oh, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate there. But also... Well, don't forget, Brad Bohannon had some very pointed thoughts. I I don't know if this is why Jay likes him or doesn't like him. But Brad Bohannon, for some reason, decided to to single out Starkville and Mississippi State a couple years ago. And a couple of State fans I know remembered that because I got some text messages over the last couple of days about serves you right, which... You know, his words about Starkville is not why this happened. But still, some state fans haven't forgotten about that. What was it that he said? Like, why would, he why was, would a recruit he, he was talking about college baseball. Yeah, and he said that you know the only reason people come to Starkville is to play sports. There's nothing to do here. Hmm. Yeah, ta- it, he was whining about him not having any, any NIL and pointed it for some reason at Mississippi State. And, well... Th- of course they've got it because that's all you want to do there. Okay, because Tuscaloosa is just a booming metropolis. Safe place to live, hey. so much to do. Hey, maybe we just stumbled on something. Maybe he was, he was trying just, to get up his NIL money. Maybe he yeah. was just raising NIL money in this little scheme. Venture. Venture. You know what else you could do to raise some NIL money? Shake hands with boosters. (laughs) Call a booster? Yeah. Find one of your former big leaguers? Do a golf outing with them? Yeah. What's Dave Magadan doing these days? Uh, Probably still hitting 500 in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. 
people can give you that name as the all-time single-season batting average leader in the SEC? At least one. Eh, two. Yeah. I, I know of a few others. Um, yeah. What about? I'm what, sure he uh, could do it. So we'll say three. Yeah. What, what about what about Jay a second ago when we asked? You know. You know why? You talked about approach. You talked about throwing throwing strikes. And then I said, is it is it mechanical or is it mental? And he said, it's absolutely 100% mental. You believe that? Which is another way of saying it's coaching. It's 100%. And, and if you've listened to Jay Powell on the on radio this year, he's. He had to bite his tongue a few times, you know, because he is employed by the university and he didn't really want to just go all in on Scott Foxhall. But he's he's made his displeasure known at the way Mississippi State's pitching has been working this year. And I, I mean, I agree with him. You know, th- that that is the Foxhall approach to to start the count off and you know, don't work your fastball, work your breaking balls, get them to try to chase early. And guys know that, and they're sitting back and they're taking a couple of balls. And like Jay said, you look up, it's two zero, and now you've got to come in with a strike, and they know that. And if you're not a guy who throws 95, 96, 97, and you've got good movement on that, if you're just throwing 92, 93, and it's not a lot of movement, that turns into hits. Donald in Oxford on the C Spire text line. And and Donald, I appreciate the specificity that you gave us in this text. I'm going to try to... I don't want to incriminate anybody here. He says that he has a son who is a highly recruited high school pitcher. And I know for a fact that his summer league coach is a coach in that arena that is well thought of. And he coaches a lot of elite kids. And Donald tells us that this coach steers his players away from two programs because of the way they recruit kids and try to lure kids to campus and then cut a bunch of them before the end of their first semester and there's not really an offer there. And he mentions that Alabama is one of those programs. That's anecdotal, right? I mean, that that's not... We, as we sit here and we talk today, we don't beyond the message that Donald sends us. We don't have proof of that. We haven't necessarily seen that with our own eyes. But that's a pretty damning thing when you're talking one of these elite summer league coaches on one of these teams that plays in tournaments all over the the southeast and in some cases all over the country who has elite players that is playing for him and is a former elite player himself in college baseball in Mississippi. And he's going... I mean, look, I can't tell you not to go there, but let me tell you why I wouldn't go there. And let me tell you why my son wouldn't go there. They don't do this the right way. Look, there are too many coaches. There are too many coaches that treat kids the right way, that handle injuries the right way, that handle arm care the right way that make promises and then follow through on their promises instead of sometimes doing what's easy to send your kid to a place where you got a coach who's not doing it the right way, who's a shyster. I don't know Brad Bohannon. I am not saying that he is a shyster. Though there is some indication over the last couple of days that he was clearly painting outside the lines just a little bit. 
and I'm putting it nicely. Um, it's really interesting. Donald, thank you for the message. Always good to hear from you. Appreciate you being part of the conversation. And then you, you heard what Jay said a second ago, and I felt like he was kind of doing the glass half full thing like we have done to a certain extent over the past few weeks. And he said, you know, if they win the next three series. Do I need to find another uh, example of something that's not going to happen? To like yeah. the, the whole if frogs had wings or if my aunt was yeah. anatomically different or whatever? If I, if I check my bank account and there's a billion dollars in there, I probably won't go to the baseball game, you know. So, let me, I mean, if you want me to check, I'll check, but... I don't think it's going to happen, so I just won't worry with it, and I'll go to the baseball game. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, he's right. I mean, it, yeah, if if state does that, sure, sure. I mean, why not? Why stop there? Why not let them win the SEC tournament at that point? Get the automatic bid. You know, at that point, they'd have what sixteen SEC wins. Let's let them host. What are we doing? You know, yeah. And same for Ole Miss. You know, if they lose tonight, it's over. Stop worrying about it. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. There is a lot of bad that we can say about Chris Lamonis, but one thing he has proven is that he takes extreme care of pitchers' arms. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and look, most good coaches do. you got some coaches that push harder than others. But coaches understand that, that that matters in recruiting. It absolutely matters in recruiting. While we're talking about baseball, we remind you that you can come and join the premier collegiate wood bat league in the South as the Cotton States Baseball League is hosting its 15th season with games at BNA Bank Park in New Albany in June and July. College players from Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are already committed for the 2023 season, send in your application to cottonstatesleague.com. It's got to be in by May 12th. You've got a week from today for the Collegiate Wood Bat League to get your uh, registration form in. Cotton States is affordably priced, outstanding facilities, great coaches, great opportunity to compete and get reps during the summer for college players and for up-and-coming junior high and high school players. All of the games are in New Albany. The application deadline, by the way, for high school and junior high players is June 2nd. So if you're a younger player, you still got a little more time to get that application in, to get that registration taken care of. You can learn more about Cotton States baseball online at cottonstatesleague.com, and be sure to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media outlets. Cotton States baseball, really a great organization, cottonstatesleague.com. We got plenty more coming up with you as we roll through the show this afternoon. First pitch in Starkville tonight is at six o'clock. Game one between Mississippi State and Arkansas. The rest of the schedule in the SEC: Tennessee and Georgia get started at five o'clock Central, so about half an hour from right now. Five thirty start in Lexington for South Carolina and Kentucky. Six o'clock for Ole Miss and Missouri. 6 o'clock for Florida and Texas A&M, 6 for LSU-Auburn, and 7 o'clock tonight for Vanderbilt and Alabama. That is the only game that is on the SEC Network. All of the others are streaming on SEC Network+. Plus. More coming up with you, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. 
Junction, in the Grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. In addition to their website, genteelapparel.com, you can find their clothes in Mississippi at T. Sappington and Company in New Albany, Abrahams in Cleveland, Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven, and Oxbow in Memphis. Whether it's the collegiate collection or just their new spring line of shirts and shorts and outerwear and swimming trunks, be sure you check out Genteel Apparel. Genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider. Of Sports Talk Mississippi. Question on the ceasefire text line. With the injuries on state's pitching staff in the last three years, how can you really say that Lamonis takes care of pitchers' arms? What's the evidence that he does? I I would point to the injuries that everybody has. Yeah, that's I mean, not unique to Mississippi State. Here's an example. Uh, a high school team that won the state championship uh, had to forfeit that. Because their starting pitcher, it's exceeded by one pitch the limit that they have on starting pitchers. 120 pitches is the limit he threw 121. Now think about that for a second, though. It's irresponsible. It's also crazy that a championship was rescinded because of one extra pitch. But you've got high school kids, 16, 17-year-old kids throwing 121 pitches in games. And then they get to college, and they do that all year long, every weekend, all year long. And they get to college, and their arms are spent by the time they get there. And, and Borky, let me add on to that. That same high school pitcher, when he finishes his season, he's going to go play on... I mean, we're talking about a, a kid that they're relying on to pitch in the state championship game. So he's probably going to go pitch on a high level team in the summer. And then he's going to go to college and start that process. But if we do it in reverse, last summer, he probably threw 50, 60, 70 innings. And they weren't monitoring pitch counts as closely as they should have. And before that, he had high school baseball. And before that, he probably was playing fall ball somewhere. If he wasn't involved in another sport. And that was when he was a junior in high school. But what about when he was 10 years old? And he played in 60 games. And he was trying to throw curveballs or sliders. And then he was 12 years old. And half the pitches that he threw were breaking balls when he had no business doing that. And he threw another 60 innings. And then two years later when he's 14, and he's starting to get a little bit of velocity, and so he's pushing it a little bit harder, and he's throwing a harder breaking ball, whether it's an over-the-top curveball or a harder slider, because he thinks that's what he's got to do at that age, because the most important thing in the world is winning that game at a park 
in wherever, Pensacola, against another team that's got kids that have no allegiance to the team. It's all showcase stuff. It's all about striking somebody out in front of a high school coach or a college coach or a recruiter. Because he's thinking about where he's going to college when he's 14. And he's putting so much stress on the arm. I, I just, I mean, look, th- there are incidents where college coaches don't do a good job of protecting their pitchers. I just don't think much of the blame really lies at the feet of college coaches. Otherwise, because I need to know what has happened the previous eight years, from the time they were 10 until the time they were 18, or frankly, from the time they were 8 or 7 until the time they were 18, where you had coaches who get wrapped up in winning as opposed to development and arm protection, and they push, 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 and they push you right into the operating room for Tommy John surgery. And the good news is, after TJ surgery, your arm's stronger and you're back and you're good to go. But you took a year of that kid's baseball career away. I misspoke. It was not the state championship game. It was the playoffs, though. Uh, Connor Cobb is his name. He's a Vanderbilt commit, and it was a complete game. No hitter, mm-hmm. actually. To answer the question, though, you just have to look at the way Lamonis handled JT Ginn, handled him very much with kid gloves, didn't overextend him at any point, You know, knew that he had a guy who was going to be a, a high draft pick and managed him, and managed him successfully because State was able to go to the College World Series, but never put too much stress on that guy. You look at Ethan Small, I remember very clearly... Uh, when we were in Omaha for in 2019, State was playing Game 3 against Louisville, the game they had to win to advance. And prior to the game, or I guess we had the press conference a day before the game, I said, would, I asked him, would he bring back Ethan Small if they won this game? So you'd have to bring back Ethan Small in like four days rest. And Lamont was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not would I do that. We'll, we'll figure it out. But Ethan Small will not pitch if we win this game. And then you look at the 21 season. You know, you had Bednar. I don't think Bednar had a start prior to the postseason where he went more than five innings, maybe six. Never got up into the 110, 120 pitch counts. You look at the fact that Landon Sims only pitched twice in a weekend, uh, once, all throughout the regular season. And then Wait, my postseason play, was he was that? still. What? That was the old Miss weekend. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. Some are more important than others, right? <laughs> Some are. And, uh, I mean, he, he just, they, they did a great job of managing that staff. Having them fresh and ready for postseason play, and then you have a rash of injuries these last two years, and that's unfortunate. But I, I again, I can't put it all, like you said, on, on Lamonis and Foxhall because that's just the nature. Of, I mean, it's everywhere. Everyone and, is having these issues. We haven't talked yeah, about Hunter Elliott yet on the show. They are. You're right, and we need to. Can, may I say one thing though? I realized that I was painting with a broad brush. Done correctly, youth baseball is as good as it gets. It's a great experience. It's where you learn how to be a teammate. It's where you learn how to handle success, but it's also where you learn how to handle failure. You build great relationships. And the majority of the coaches, the more majority of the coaches, they are doing it right. They care about these kids. They're taking care of arms. But the majority isn't all of them. 
And if it's not 100%, then it's too many that are riding kids too hard. And it's nowhere close to 100% in terms of coaches that are really protecting the arms of these young boys as they are turning into young men and, and they're growing. And, and look, in seventh grade baseball, you're talking about a 13-year-old kid. I know for a fact, I got a friend who has a son who's 13 years old. You know what he weighs, Borky? Good little athlete. He weighs 90 pounds. The mound that he is throwing from in seventh grade is 60 feet 6 inches. It's the exact same distance that Hunter Elliott's throwing from. It's the exact same distance that Jacob deGrom and Justin Verlander are throwing from. Make that make sense. It doesn't. In seventh grade and in eighth grade. Now, you got some seventh graders that you're like, where'd that kid come from? He's huge. Maybe it makes sense for him. But the majority of seventh graders look like seventh graders. The majority of 13-year-old boys have not had that growth spurt yet where they go from 5'4 or 5'5 to 5'10 to 6'2. Where they go from 90 to 100 pounds to 150 to 170. Most 13 and 14-year-olds are they're getting ready to have that growth spurt, but, but they're just not ready yet. I just I just wish there was more that we could do to protect young arms. So, Hunter Elliott had a version of Tommy John surgery on Wednesday. I don't know how public this is. I, I don't think I'm getting it. My understanding is he went to a doctor in Texas, and he's one of the most highly sought-after elbow doctors in the country. And there are some surgeons that are now performing a hybrid Tommy John surgery, a hybrid UCL surgery. I'm not smart enough to explain exactly to you what that is. But in some ways, it I'm, I'm led to believe that it operates as almost like a double repair. Now, this is something that they do for partially torn UCLs, not fully torn, complete reconstructions of the UCL. But but they go in and they, they fix what needs to be fixed and then while they're at it, they strengthen the other ligament in the elbow. That's the way I understand it. But again, we probably need to get somebody on to talk about that. Reeves Moore is a—we've had him on the show show before. Great doctor in Oxford, studied under James Andrews, does Tommy John surgery himself all the time. Maybe we should grab him and get him to talk about this in more detail and kind of explain to us exactly what happened. But the, the upside of this, when it works correctly, the recovery process is much, much faster than traditional Tommy John. And so it is altogether possible that Hunter Elliott is back for Ole Miss next season based on this surgical procedure that he underwent. Can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Down at the Astoria, the scene was changing. Bingo and Rock were pushing out at Craven. We were the first band to 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Hunter Dawkins joins us right now from the Gazebo Gazette. You can read uh, his work online at gazebogazette.com or at supertalk.fm. And uh, Hunter, always good to catch up with you. Hope you have a great weekend. Coming up, uh, there's a lot that's happening in South Mississippi right now, and one of those things is on the heels of a really, really good season for Southern Miss basketball. Jay Ladner got a uh, a contract extension. That was announced a couple of days ago, and uh, I know you wrote about it this week. This is a, a great story for Southern Miss. What do we know about this new deal for uh, for Jay Ladner? Well, Coach Ladner got a, a increase uh, in his base salary, which was – about four four hundred k and fifteen plus uh, for the next four years, uh, including I'm, I'm sure there are some incentives in there. But uh, yeah, well deserving. Uh, Coach Ladner is definitely a, a gentleman that I've known for for a long time, and uh, somebody that's been a solid coach regardless of where he's been, and has pretty much helped build programs at least in the three or four different places that he has been. Hunter, there's another guy that's uh, uh, that has been heavily involved with basketball in the Mississippi Gulf Coast for a really long time. He also spent some time in North Mississippi on Andy Kennedy's staff. That's Owen Miller. Uh, has been in high school coaching, and, and I know this story is from earlier in, in April and just kind of one that we missed along the way. Went back and did a really good job at Gulfport High School, has been in high school basketball, and has made the jump to the junior college level as the head coach at, at Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, Hunter comes from a basketball family, and he's one of the good guys in the business. That's a good hire for Gulf Coast. Absolutely, Owen Miller is is an has been at all different levels. I mean, he's been uh, at the high school, at junior college, and at uh, Division One, and he's been solid throughout. Uh, all the coaches across the board, including Richard Williams, Jay Ladner, and a bunch of other uh, Andy Kennedy, and a few other ones that have said. And the Gulf Coast is they're going to head in the right direction, and as you know, uh, it's it's all about recruiting and getting things in order. No doubt, no doubt. Got to got to build the roster regardless of the uh, the level at which you are are coaching. All right, let's look in the rearview mirror. We talked with Deuce McAllister yesterday. Had a great conversation with him, and and I said, Hunter, to Deuce, I said, in some ways, this draft for the Saints was boring because they had a plan going in. There were no surprises. They added in the positions that they needed to add, and his response was, you know what, I'm okay with boring. Do you, do you agree with that? That's, that's certainly true, and Deuce and I have good conversations before every game, and he and I have talked about the different needs and the different uh, you know, certain scenarios that, that these were going in, and I know that I kind of – Kind of highlighted you guys with the, the Jalen Carter, you know, prediction possibility. But if you realize too, the Philadelphia Eagles who selected Jalen Carter, that mm-hmm. was the Saints' pick that they uh, traded for Olave last year. And so, and then under my mind, they got the next best defensive lineman, uh, Brian Bersay. And uh, I think the only real situation that I think that the Saints didn't take care of was getting a tight end and a linebacker. Now, of course, they've been on the undrafted free agent, and, of course, they've been picking guy, local guys, Will, uh, Nick Anderson. Uh, they're still looking into 
to foster Morrow's physical ability, but they've also picked some uh, some guys on undrafted level. But uh, I'm I'm still really kind of wondering where they're going to find out for that position because they need a blocking tight end because Dewan Johnson is definitely not that, and he's, he's more of a receiver. And so I'm looking to see what's going to happen with rookie camp next week. So. I was going to ask you that next uh, about the calendar. So draft is now in the rearview mirror, and start mo- things start moving pretty quickly as we uh, we work toward um, the off season stuff. So so what does the calendar look like? Rookie camp, mini camps, OTAs, etc. Then, then yeah, that's exactly how it goes. Rookie camp, OTAs, then uh, then summer training camp. It begins. So it'll uh, it'll certainly get here in uh, in a hurry. What will they? What will the Saints try to accomplish with their with their rookie camps and the OTAs? Well, I'm guessing, and, and in my mind, and from what they have, the organization has, you know, either missed out on or what they have their mindset placed on, kind of developing um, the the kids that, uh, or I say kids, but the men that are tight ends and uh, linebackers are looking for something that kind of develops to their scheme. I'm sure Carmichael, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, is going to be pretty head on that, looking for the answer for either with the rookies that were selected or the undrafted free agents. They're trying to see if they can find a a, a diamond in, in the rough. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. You can read Hunter's work at supertalk.fm and at the gazebogazette.com. Hunter, thanks as always for your time. Have a great weekend. Gentlemen, take care of yourself. Five o'clock hour coming up next. We'll start things off with the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. That is after the news. Listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Summer just around the corner. That means Geyser Falls Water Park will be opening soon. Great getaway for the family, whether it's for a day or for a weekend. Visit PearlRiverResort.com for more details and to keep up with the park's opening as we move to uh, toward the end of the school year and uh, summer vacation. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky coming to you. On this Friday afternoon, we'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Ceasefire, whether you're looking for wireless help, and when I say help, I mean getting the best wireless service in the state of Mississippi, you're looking for help with uh, business IT solutions, or maybe you need fiber to the home, that's lightning fast internet into your home or your office. Ceasefire can help. Learn more online at Ceasefire.com. 
Fix.com. Let's get to the college football fix right now. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Don't stop there. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Whether you're looking for a truck, be it an F-150, a Ranger, a Maverick, or a Super Duty, or you're looking for an SUV, maybe the Explorer or the Expedition, you can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Michael Borky. College football fix. Where are we going on this Friday? You know, sometimes things are things and sometimes they're nothing, but we cannot ignore a post on Twitter from Kaleeb Johnson. Most of you, probably all of you, have no idea who that is. And that's because before the post online, I had no idea who he was, but he is a quarterback transferring from Louisville. He's from Alabama. Uh, it was a 2022 signee with the Cardinals. Uh, posted that he has an offer from Ole Miss. Now, recruits and stuff get offers and they post them online and all that. And, and I don't really look at those because recruiting is impossible to follow always, but especially now. But this is a transfer quarterback that we're talking about here. <laughs> So when you said this this morning. Hey, Dad, just started. I mean, he almost belly laughed. Almost. So, not only <laughs> let's pretend, let's pretend for a second that he would commit to this offer, and nothing else changed. That would mean Ole Miss would have four former Power Five transfer <laughs> quarterbacks on their roster. Y'all running? They running the Notre Dame box up there? What's uh, going on? But you know, maybe it's nothing. Hey, maybe he's not even being honest. I don't know. It's just a Twitter post. That's all that this is. However, if it's authentic and this transfer quarterback has an offer from Ole Miss, one of two things are happening. Well, I guess three. One is Ole Miss is aware that one of their current quarterbacks is leaving. Two, for some reason, Lane Kiffin wants four quarterbacks in his quarterback room seeing is that Kincaid Dent is now out the door and he just mm-hmm. desperately wants to fill that spot. Or number 3 his mind is a mystery. He's a lunatic. He's just a crazy person. Uh for what it's worth I did ask around about this earlier and and I am comfortable saying that if if a quarterback is leaving as of today it is not Jackson Dart it's just it's not. Um, I tried. I I couldn't get the joke in earlier when y'all were talking about the mediocre quarterback from the Big Ten, and I was just like, or you you could have gotten a mediocre quarterback from the Big Twelve, I guess. But uh, it, it is so. It's it, if somebody is leaving, I have it on extremely good authority. It's not Dart. So the options now are reduced a little bit. Either. Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard are leaving, or Lane Kiffin just wants four quarterbacks in his room for some reason. And that is where we are, all surmised from one Twitter post from a transfer quarterback. Hmm. Can't wait to see the NIL deal. What what, what are they doing up there? We don't think this is actually happening, do we? I mean, we, we can hope. 
Or at least we can hope. You know? I don't know about you're hoping. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. <laughs> are they going to convert him to safety? What are they doing? I mean, may, you know, maybe he is a runner. I don't know. Or maybe somebody's leaving, and he wants three bodies in the room. That's hmm. that makes the most sense, right? That Sanders realizes he's not going to beat out Dart. He needs to start looking for another space because he's a senior. He's got to, this is his last year. He's got to find a place to play. So he's got to start that that process now. That's that's the only thing that make that's literally the only thing that makes sense to me. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, but there there is apparently like isn't he a grad transfer though that he can he could probably just go when he wants if he's graduated. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he's going to wait for the end of the summer if he's if he's graduated. And I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's so interesting that it's another just, quarterback, transfer quarterback, yeah. claims to have an offer from Ole Miss. I have no idea. I have asked. I've asked. I asked. I seriously, I bothered five people this morning who I mm-hmm. think would know about <laughs> you know personnel decisions and stuff. And the only thing I got back that was definitive is it's not Jackson. That's all I got. And that doesn't mean Sanders Did you is reach going. Out to Lane? Just, Lane would tell you. I, I do need to just start sending him DMs. Just hey, hey, coach. <laughs> What's up? I'm trying just 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 for clarity. I yeah. you know I will say source. I won't say I won't say your name. But oh, elsewhere, elsewhere in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Former Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne is transferring to Auburn. He announced earlier today, Thorne is a redshirt senior who entered the transfer portal two days before it closed, or the day before it closed. He started at Michigan State the last two seasons, and the story from ESPN says, and now gives Auburn coach Hugh Freeze more depth at the position. Thorne was in a battle. He was in a quarterback battle with backup Noah Kim this offseason. One source around the program said it was a surprise that he entered the portal in his time at Michigan State, threw for almost 6,500 yards, 49 touchdowns. So Michigan State's in a bit of a quandary on what to do at quarterback. And Auburn has Robbie Ashford, who transferred in from Oregon prior to the 2022 season, holding her near. I still don't know how to say his last name. Gurner? G-E-R-I-N-E-R. Anyway, he's a redshirt freshman. I think it's Grenier. That doesn't make any sense, but I'll I'll go with Grenier. That. The first letter after the G is an E. So how are we making it Gr instead of Gur? Who knows? I don't know. Gurnerier. But Gurnerier. Holden Doesn't matter. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Holden Caulfield. It doesn't matter what his name is. He's not going to play this year. Holden Caulfield. It's interesting. You know, look, Robbie Ashford's very athletic, but if you watched him throw a football a year ago, you're not winning SEC games with him. You're not not many. Unless he got better. Hugh Freeze's pursuit of every single quarterback that hit the transfer portal tells me he doesn't think he got better. This is like, you know, when you're at the bar and it's last call and you're like, if you want to go home with somebody, you just got to make a pick. You got to take somebody, whoever it is. This is what Auburn has done here. 
It's last call. They got to have a quarterback. He's that's, in the portal. Get him. Just take that's him. A, that's an interesting analogy that you used. <laughs> See, it's the truth. And I had somebody ask me because I, I I put something on Twitter and I've, I've got a friend that's an, an Auburn. Well, he says he's an Auburn grad. He's not an Auburn grad. He spent time at the University of Auburn before he couldn't shake it anymore and transferred to Troy. But uh, I've got a friend that's uh, that's an Auburn fan that saw what I tweeted about how people are going to overinflate this, and he said, how is this different than Spencer Sanders at Ole Miss? And I said, Spencer Sanders is significantly better at playing quarterback than Peyton Thorne. That's how this is different. Does, oh, riddle me this. Does Oklahoma State have a history of pretty good quarterback play? Yeah. Yeah. He's the second best passer of all time at Oklahoma State. He's got I mean, four years of starts. I mean, he won a bunch of games. Just anyway, that's how Fed's brains operate. But, but, but if you but think that they're the same guy, you're out of your mind. Yeah, of course they're not the same guy. I mean, this guy doesn't really run all that much. But but here's the thing. His numbers at Michigan State were okay. They're he okay. threw two years ago for 3,200 yards and 27 touchdowns. was picked they're off better than times. Ashford's. They are. Yeah, and, and last year he threw for 2,700 with 19 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That's reasonable. They gotta go with who they gotta go with. This is they're at the last minute. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. It is time right now for maybe our favorite part of the week. It's a Food Friday! Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com. We love our friends at Polk's Meat, and if you have tried them, you do too. And if you haven't tried them, when you do try them, you'll love them too. Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. Check out their website, Polk'sMeat.com, for great recipe ideas merchandise, and to see all the food products that they sell. But more importantly, head to your local grocery store and find the Polk's label. And if you can't find it, go to the Find the Meat Manager. And if he won't stock it, find another grocery store. It's that simple. You can't beat the flavor. You can't beat the taste. You can't beat Polk's meat products. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. So tell me, gentlemen. Hey, Dan, I know there's baseball in Starkville this weekend, but that can't completely preclude cooking at this point. So between that and there's a chance of, there's a chance of rain Saturday, Sunday as well. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to take some precautions here. We're not going to, we got a plan, but we haven't bought anything yet. Cause we're going to go simple this weekend. Yeah. I'm in a barbecue chicken kind of mood. Ooh. So barbecue chicken, if I, if I get the chance, which I think will be Sunday if I do. Because uh, I'm going to the uh, Starkville Derby tomorrow, uh, I will I will do some barbecue chicken this weekend. So that's what that's what we're gonna do. Porky, when he told us that there was gonna be a French horn at the Starkville Derby, yeah, 
Does that mean there's going to be a call to the post? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that awesome? I have my passes. I have my VIP passes to the Wiener Circle already waiting on me. I love it. I love it, man. And I will. I, and that broadcast he mentioned, I, I will be on with Bart Heisch for for at least a segment. I've been told. Man, I'm crushed. I can't go. It, something came up late. I, I was supposed to go. I, d like dogs and raising money to help dogs in need, and then food and racing. Like it just checks so many boxes yeah. for me. Like that. that that's supposed to be uh, to me. gourmet hot dogs available. Yeah. See, so. just wieners. Mm. I'm so mad I can't go. I was yes, so looking forward it. to going. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for the explanation. All those the local the restaurants there, there in the in the Cotton District. Uh, well, you know, with you, uh, yeah, all of the local restaurants here in the Cotton District are supposed to be putting out their uh, their, their their best foot forward for a gourmet wiener. Uh so barbecue chicken. Yes. What sides that you do with barbecue chicken? By the way, we want to hear from you as well on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395 what you are cooking this weekend. Sorry, I interrupted. The uh, the sides? I'm I'm a, I'm a mac and cheese guy with barbecue chicken. That's what I like to have. So, I got it. I I I continue to tinker with my mac and cheese recipe. I'm I've almost got it where I want it. You tried smoking I it? I figured out a lot. Of, no, no, I don't you have, actually I, if I'm cooking the Smoke chicken. Smoke mac and cheese is uh, so good. Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have. Pl I don't have a place to put it. I'm cooking the chicken. I just have the one grill. Mm. I was thinking you had an old grill still, because you got a new grill. Not too terrible. No, that new grill is gone. It, it, it's it's useless. We had to we had to kick it to the curb. Did you return it or throw it away? Well, I mean, it was past returning. Oh, okay. I'd had it for too long and cooked so you, on it so many times. But so you're going back to the I just I struggled with it so much. Yeah, so I'm back on the kettle, and yeah, uh, I don't have room. Okay. So just just keep it in the... Uh, I mean, I like smoked mac and cheese. I've had it before, but mm -hmm. I just don't have the ability. Forky? I've been inspired. So I, I found this on, uh, on on YouTube. There's this very stereotypical British guy that like lives... In a pasture, and his brick house has like moss growing on the side, and he cooks the most intricate wraps you can imagine. I mean, they are—they're huge too, like big burrito wraps that he cooks all the time. I forget his name. He populates into my feed. I watch every single video. Like he is—he's very funny, and and the meals are detail oriented. He's a great cook, and he just like sits on his porch on the British countryside and makes a bunch of like. Franken food wraps, and they look awesome. And I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get uh, some chicken fingers. I'm probably not gonna make them myself, uh, but toss them in buffalo sauce and do you know lettuce, tomato, blue cheese, and like mac and cheese and French fries and all that stuff, all wrapped into one wrap like this guy does. Huge. Found the huge tortillas, and I'm gonna wrap them up and I'm gonna eat an entire one all by myself in one sitting. Okay. The internet, it was a mistake, except for food, YouTube, and TikTok. There are a you lot of good things happening there. You think it's kind of how Al Gore had it planned out in his mind, and then all this other stuff happened? Something like that. <laughs> He's like, we're just going to create this thing. It's going to be for food, movie clips, and, and that's really it. And then like 10 years later, he's like, what happened? Where did I go wrong? Hey, Ed, we have a question for you. How do you keep chicken oh from sticking to the grill? 
ham? I don't. I don't. What else do you do? It? You, you season your grill is what you do. Um, after you after you're done cleaning it, you take the oil of your choice. Cleaning it. Who cleans the grill before they cook on it? A- after you cook on it, you clean your grill, or you should. Why? If there's anything left over you don't on it, brush off the grill. You don't brush off your grill. You yeah, so after you get that done, for a long time, he has, I did, he has a yes, I do he has a manservant for that. He, yeah. he he it gets cleaned. He doesn't do it when you're done cleaning. Don't do this before you cook. Do it after you're done cooking. Uh, take your oil, put it on a, a paper towel or something, and and coat your grill, the grates of your grill. And the next time you cook on it, nothing will stick on it. It's really that simple. You just you you quote unquote season is what people call it. Uh, the the grates of your grill after you're done cooking and after you clean it, do it then instead of before, and your chicken should be just fine. All right, here's some of what you are cooking and or eating this weekend as part of Food Friday presented by Polk's. Dwayne and Brandon, those look really good. Pulled pork enchiladas with homemade Spanish rice. He says they use jasmine rice. Turns out better. He's saving his Polk's for breakfast in the morning. Can't be mad at you for that. That looks great. That looks great. Uh, we do get another message, clean the grill, ba- blasphemy. I mean, not with, like, soap and water, but y- you don't want stuff building up on your grill Yeah, but some people don't mind that. Some people are okay with that. It's like character. And then it burns off before you cook on it the next time. And then in six yeah. months, you got to replace your grates because, no, it's not a cast iron skillet. Unless you have cast iron grates, I guess. Yeah, if you have cast iron grates, that's something different. I do not. Oh, yeah. Me either. Uh, what else have we got? We've got... Me and my wife are going to listen to the state baseball game this evening, and I'm boiling some Royal Reds from Argentina and Snow Crab with some of my homemade comeback sauce and butter, Hail State, oh yeah, and drinking some cold beer. Yeah, buddy. That sounds like a great night. Great night. Tell, tell me you're a winner without telling me you're a winner. Yeah. Sam and Tupelo. Oh, by the way, speaking of the, the comeback sauce, there are people in Louisiana and New Orleans that think it's theirs, and it's not. M- Mississippi's got to do a better job of, no, that started here. That's ours. It's not theirs. Sam and Tupelo says the best barbecue chicken he ever had, he tried on a whim. He injected the chicken with his favorite sauce and then deep fried it. Isn't that hmm. fried chicken and not barbecue chicken? I'm, is he saying that he like smoked the chicken first and then fried it? What are we saying here? I don't know. Or are we just calling it barbecue chicken because it has barbecue sauce in it? Because it's injected with barbecue sauce, I suppose. Hey, Dad, are you going to cook uh, smoked lasagna this weekend? That's from Billy and Grenada. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg says some smoked Razorback would be good. I mean, <sighs> you really want more of a small pig. You don't really want to, like, the, the full-on Razorback. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot gamier. That's yeah. a lot meatier. I do love wild boar is delicious. It's really good if you can get it. Uh, our buddy that did the twenty-four hour uh, pork butt—that would be a method for your wild razorback. Yeah, that would help. Uh, Jeff and Grenada says if you don't have cast iron grates, you need to upgrade your grill store. Okay, he's a big fan fan of cooking on cast iron. Oh, I um, am too. I just you know cost and stuff. Use grapeseed oil if you're using a Blackstone. It's a good tip. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't use olive because of the smoke point, but you know. Yeah. Olive oil, smoke point's too low. Uh, fried Avocado venison. oil is good for, uh, for that. It is. Mm. You are correct. Uh, fried venison soaked in Allegro while sipping on George Strait's tequila. Could he go? Tequila? George Strait has tequila? And everybody. They've all got stuff. True, yeah. I mean, Troy Aikman's got beer. We need to Take have a beer. drink, you wake up in Amarillo by morning. Is that a... Is that if you drink an Amarillo Sour? <laughs> an Amarillo Sour. I like that. I like that. Uh, one more. We got uh, smoked chicken. Let it sit in the fridge until it's cold. Batter and deep fry it. That Alabama white sauce is the best chicken you will ever eat. Sounds pretty good. That's from Reed in Corinth. That is a food Friday. Whatever you're eating, be sure to add the Polk sausage, whether it's for a sausage and cheese plate or to go along with your entree. You will love it. Try the Cajuns. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. You can find them on Highway 6 West in Oxford. They've got a lot that is absolutely full right now of Ford trucks and SUVs. New interest rates have come out from Ford Credit. You can buy an F-150 with uh, 3.9% for 60 months with approved credit or 0% for 36 months if you're looking for a shorter time frame on the purchase of a vehicle. Doug Ford Oxford Toyota is also the presenting sponsor of the ninth annual Destination Oxford Car Show. That is happening in and around the square in downtown Oxford on Saturday, May 20th. There will be all kinds of cool stuff going on. Great cars on display. You can learn more. Um, uh, sorry, you can visit them uh, in person. Hope you'll make your plans to do that on May 20th. It's the Destination Oxford Car Show on May 20th, presented in part by Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. So... Where do we... Baseball! No. I mean... No. 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 Um, I, I do like, I want to bring this story here because it's interesting. And, and we are, at least it is to me, and hopefully you guys think so as well. Because we're, we're approaching the television watching season for sports fans, right? The summer is, at least in my group, when most of the guys start catching up or watching a bunch of shows. I mean, Barry's got a new season out. Dave, if you're into that, which I enjoy that show, but anyway. All that stuff this summer is when a lot of sports fans really catch up on their shows because there's nothing to watch except for Major hey, League Baseball. Hey, you know what? I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to say something out loud. Season three of Ted Lasso is terrible. Oh, it's four, and you're right. It's lost its magic. What? Is it four? Isn't it four? No, it's three. It's three. It's right, season man, three. Whatever. It's lost its magic. Yeah, it's it's Absolutely. it's not good. They tried too hard. They 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 got away from what people loved, which was a really cool feel good story to shove a bunch of agenda stuff down your throat, and guess what? People aren't interested anymore. 
It's good. Go figure. The, the, Go figure. The last episode had one scene in particular that was so forced. It's it's just all of it is all of it's forced. Every episode in the first season was goofy American football coach goes to Europe to coach soccer is trying to learn the game has a pretty good method, gets a team to buy in, there's a clear antagonist, and there's a little conflict in the episode, but at the end, you always feel good. Now it's, okay, what are they trying to teach me? Okay. There's no clear antagonist. All the it's, it, They've ruined what was something that was so like, nice. I think we're one episode from behind, and the only funny thing that I could find at the time in, their, in Amsterdam was Roy trying to ride a bike and where yeah. he just like rigidly fell over. That's like I laughed out loud about that three times. But I mean, can't you watch that with that what was the the show where they like beat each other up on MTV? Yeah, uh, just where people fall oh, I don't think you can say that. It was anyway. What I, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh yeah, lost its magic. I don't remember that either. For sure. Co- completely and totally has lost its magic. But anyway, we're approaching the show watching season. Because the baseball team stink. Shout out Southern Miss for not stinking. The other two stink. And there's going to be no national champion this year. I'll go ahead and go out on that limb. I'm excited about what this is going to become. So if you guys listen to the show every single day, you heard me mention that Will Farrell is uh, working on a golf show. But not a documentary or anything. It's going to have the same vibe as Talladega Nights and... Uh, semi-pro and all the funny sports stuff that he's made, where he's going to be, think like Phil Mickelson, joining Liv, but from a comedic angle, not anything other than that. A professional golfer joining a new renegade tour and the fallout that comes from that. Adam Sandler, as of today, apparently is going to have a role in this show playing the character of Happy Gilmore. So Happy Gilmore is going to be in this show with Will Ferrell about this renegade golf league that is disrupting. Hmm. Yeah. And and okay. I read that and I thought, yes, like I am in. That sounds funny. I like it. Happy Gilmore. I like Sandler. I like Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell's sports productions have been exclusively funny. All four of them are really good. I'm excited about this. You guys watching Succession? I'm not, but it's on my list for the summer. I, I've got to watch it. I've, I, never, I haven't yet. Everybody tells me I'd love it. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you would. Yeah, it's good. Um, there's on another the one that has kind of grabbed me. I'm almost to the end of season one. The Lincoln Lawyer. Remember that's a Netflix yeah. series. I enjoyed the movie. I believe that's correct. Oh, there's a movie. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Really? Watch it. You'd enjoy it. It's the story of the lawyer who thinks better driving in his car. Same deal? I I haven't seen the show, so I don't know, but there's a movie called The Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. I think better with my shirt off is how I like to look at it. I mean, it's all a ripoff from A Few Good Men, isn't it? He thinks better with his bat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, Jack, Jack, you know what, is what you were thinking of. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I, I okay. thought that was it, but I just didn't want to say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, oh, oh, I thought you were thinking of like they actually fought. Okay, yeah, I that have, show. I okay. have enjoyed everything that those guys have produced. Everything. Uh, they are all funny. They, but the OG... You know, what, you know what I want you to watch, Borky? 
is uh, Johnny Knoxville's match with Seth uh, with uh, Sami Zayn from WrestleMania a couple years ago. Okay, I'll I think it. you would really enjoy it. It is a work of art. I love Johnny Knoxville. My gosh, man! Yeah, you, you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah, when we were Wee Man makes an appearance. Let's just put it that way. Yes. When we were in middle school, it, our parents would have killed us if they knew that we were watching that. But oh man. The, the golf course scene, uh, of all the things that they did, blowing the air horns on the golf course, and, <laughs> and then the guy tees one up and hits it at him, and they still get the air horn off as he's swinging to hit the ball at like in their direction. Oh, man. I miss those days. Hmm. I'll somebody on text line makes a good point. We, we, we've got Happy Gilmore. Will we have Shooter McGavin? Shooter. Oh, yes. He, they, they need got to have Shooter. Come on. Got to make at least a cameo. Got with to. his infinity visor. Man, make him the oh, commissioner. Don't tell me. Okay, I've got to. I'm about to say exactly, exactly. Make Shooter McGavin the Greg Norman of this tour. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. They need to just hire us. We can be the writers on this thing. Yeah. Although they're on strike, we could be scabs. Yeah. I'm not worried we're gonna about. The, we're going to break the line. Did you see that there is a uh, apparently another show in the works from Taylor Sheridan? He's the creator of. Uh, Yellowstone and prequel and all of the stuff. What all the different? I've lost all the 1883 and all of the. Anyway, Matthew McConaughey supposedly yeah. is going to start in it. Be out there shooting buffalo, no shirt on. <laughs> We're going to get right, more McConaughey right, content with Texas joining the SEC. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. I can't wait. And we'll get Jim Ross content with Oklahoma. That's also that's as equally as exciting to me. To you. Equally as exciting. Yeah. Did you see AEW has sold 60,000 tickets for their show uh, in, in London? They're having a, they're doing a Wembley Stadium show. They've already sold 60,000 seats. Wow. Will they sell it out? Will it end up at 100,000? I, I, I don't know that they're going to try to sell it out. I don't know that they're going to open that many seats, but they're gonna. it looks like they're going to sell whatever they want to put out there. Hmm. Two games tonight in the NBA, Boston, Philadelphia, Denver, and Phoenix. Only one SEC game is on your television. The rest are streaming. It's Vanderbilt and Alabama for the second night in a row at 7 o'clock. Game one, we already got some that are underway. Tennessee and Georgia, South Carolina and Kentucky, Ole Miss, Missouri game two, Florida and Texas A&M, LSU and Auburn, Arkansas and Mississippi State. Stinks so bad with our teams being yeah. basically irrelevant at this point. What, what are the uh, what are the hockey games tonight? I think I might end up doing that. Okay, I can't. I, think I can't. You you can't. You're not gonna. I, I th- have you tried it yet this postseason? I just can't do I it. I mean, I've, I've watched playoff hockey. I'm, it's it's fine. It's fine. I just don't care. I, I, like it's it, it's good. They're talented. Maybe the greatest player of all time. Sorry, Wayne Gretzky is playing right now. Like I, I get all of that stuff. I get it. I just don't care. Um, and I'm happy for the people that do. Like, like the people that get enjoyment and fulfillment, and that's their thing. That's yeah. awesome. I'm, 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 I'm happy for you, and I'm glad you love it. And I think it's cool how they do Lord Stanley's Cup and all of the pomp and circumstance that goes into that. But I just. I've only got so much bandwidth I hear for, for, like, consumption of sports. I'm a huge sports fan. I've watched some NBA playoffs. Mildly interested. 
I just, I don't, I'm not even real locked in on Major League Baseball right now. Not much to be locked into. I mean, I check in on it, and it's been kind of an interesting start to the season, but I don't know. We'll wrap it up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi when we come back on this Friday in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. You want to be? You want to join the conversation one last time? You can do it on the ceasefire <laughs> text line. What was that? <laughs> oh, little Eddie Murphy there for you. <laughs> and then another. <laughs> and then another. <laughs> I I love it. I love it. Yes. So, Borky, were you like going to MC the uh, Starkville Derby? I don't know what I was going to do, but I was going to do something, and now I cannot. And Not going to happen. And I am like, crushed. We can't get Michael Borky. I guess we'll settle for Chris Jans. Yeah, that's Chris basically Jans. how it went. Yeah, Christoph Jans. Christoph Jans. I think it's a soft J. You gonna ask him about that tomorrow? Probably not. Probably. I mean, we've interviewed him like three times. I you know? feel like I think we're probably it, well. You know, that's not something for air. But I feel like if you're just next to him and you talk about that, he'd find it funny. Oh, I, I might do that. Yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. You know that there was a there was another less informed radio show that was like they thought your name was Jans. Will you <laughs> watch? Will you watch the Kentucky Derby? What time does that uh, begin? Mm, about 6 o'clock, roughly. Uh, 5 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, I mean, because I, I can pull it up on the uh, computer. Yeah. Ever since our conversation about where, like, the Big 12 possibly playing in Mexico and those kind of conversations that we have this year earlier than others because of the aforementioned stinky, stinky baseball teams, I'm going to watch the Kentucky Derby. And picture a football field on the infield. Post time is 6.57 Eastern. That's 5.57 where we are. So basically 6 o'clock start. Uh, All right, so the scratches, we've got um, 10, 19, and 20 are scratched. Here are the names. Just give me the names. Tell me which name you like. Hit show, 30 to 1. Verifying, 24 to 1. Two fills. Two fills, nine to one. Confidence game at twenty-one. Tap it trice at five to one. Kings Barnes, ooh, a golf course reference there, at eleven to one. Reincarnate at seventeen to one. M A G E. Are we going with Maj? Mage. Mage. It's actually a word. Mage. Yes. Oh, mage. Seventeen to one. Cyclone mischief has been snatched. 
Disarm at 30 to 1, Jace's Road at 32 to 1, Sun Thunder at 26 to 1, Angel of Empire 6 to 1, Forte at 5 to 1. Pretty good odds there. Raise Kane at 34 to 1 in the 16 spot. It's overrated. Derma Sodagaki at 10 to 1. Oh, here, this is the one, guys. Rocket can. Yes. Rocket can. Uh, Rocket Ma- can. Mandarin Hero at 36 to 1. And King Russell at 55 to 1. Uh, Though, that did Cyclone Mischief get, uh, get scratched? I thought that's what I read. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 if I were, if I were betting, I'm going Rocket Can. Uh, no, Cyclone Mischief has been added. Okay. Three were scratched, three were added. So, Practical I like Cyclone move, Mischief. I like that name. Practical Move, Lord Miles, and Continue R were scratched. Cyclone Mischief, Mandarin Hero, and King Russell have been added. Yeah, Rocket Can is the official hate ad pick. You don't want to go to a pretty controversial event, by the way. Sotagake, yeah, what, four horses died at Churchill Downs this week? Not good. No, not good. Not good. A beautiful sport that can also be an ugly sport because you have ugly people that are involved in a beautiful sport. Yeah. A tale as old as time. That felt very profound, the way that I said that. It did. It was. He got deep there for a second. Good job. That's how we're going to end on a Friday, with a little philosophy. Can I say, can I even say, can I reconstruct it? No. A beautiful no, no, no. sport no. that is sometimes an ugly sport because ugly people are part of that beautiful sport. Yeah. Nailed it. There it is. Enjoy your derby weekend. Just get out, Richard. Don't say anything else. Just leave with that. For the boys, I'm Ricardo. Enjoy your weekend. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Ricardo. business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.